0: action
1: the fresh prince of bel-air talking to mannequins punching zombies on top of that we talk about one of the best zombie movies ever 28 days later throw in the crazies and we got some killer zombie virus movies so sit down buckle up and enjoy the ride
0: We want to be your go-to source for ratings and recommendations of past and present films. I am your host, Wes Jones, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky.
2: Hey, this is Tommy, podcasting straight from Nashville, Tennessee.
1: The Movie Buddy Conway, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Please sit back, relax. As this is episode
0: two, a man walks into a bar with a giraffe, zombie violence films. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, episode two, and we're back. And uh, I just wanted to start off tonight and just ask, how has your quarantine been going this week?
2: Uh, It's been good. Um, I'm happy our podcast didn't get banned from the FCC. So, you know, things are going good so far. Um, It was a good week. Uh, Excited to get into this podcast. Gabe, what about you?
1: Well, I had a harsh realization this morning, uh, T-Man. Thank you for asking. Um, I was going to work, just like I do every day, because I go in when nobody else is there, and I go do some work. And I got up, and I was about to walk out the house, and I had my pajama pants still on, and Rachel goes, What are you doing? And I was like, What? I'm going to work. Nobody's going to be there. Who cares if I'm wearing (laughs) pajama pants?
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: And she's like, You're the you're the owner of the company. You're just gonna go to the what if somebody comes in and sees you there? And I'm like, I guess maybe I've it's got I've gone a bit too far. Maybe I should put (laughs) on actual pants.
2: Gabe, you've been watching a lot of the post-apocalyptic movies, so you're used to you know seeing the characters just be by themselves and just, you know, wear whatever they wanna wear you know, talk to whoever they want to talk to. So I think you're really, you know, living through those characters. Well,
0: let's be honest. I I would say if any of your employees saw you there in pajama pants, I I don't know if they would bat an eye. It would be a comedic conversation, at least. I'm just saying that they might expect something like that from
2: you.
1: They were camo pajama pants, (laughs) so people wouldn't have even seen Below My Torso anyway.
2: (laughs) Anyway, But yeah, anyway. Anyway, it's been going good,
0: I feel like. I, I mean, I just want to go to a Mexican restaurant and eat a whole basket of chips and salsa and cheese dips and, and have an entree. I, I think that's what I'm missing the most is just going and enjoying the restaurant
2: atmosphere the little things and sometimes you don't realize what you uh what you miss or what you know is really you enjoy in life until it's gone and you're like wow i didn't really appreciate that enough yeah uh, so at least world. this has given us yeah at least has given us some appreciation for those things we truly enjoy like for me i love going to the movie theaters they're closed baseball. right now i had season uh,
1: tickets to western baseball I, oh gosh i just miss being out watching baseball on a nice warm spring day well,
0: we're going to start this episode off with a new segment, and we're going to call this segment First Reel. And during First Reel, we're just going to kind of comment on some of the latest news from the industry. And I mean, I know the, the movie world is kind of shut down a little bit right now with very few new releases. You know, they're pushing release dates out for movies. Production has been halted. But is there is there any recent news or anything that you guys have heard this week that's, that's exciting that? um you want to share with the
2: audience well Wes, i'll go first and, and i've got so there's several topics i would like to talk about when it comes to kind of what's going on with the movie industry because it is kind of a fraught time i guess you could say one topic i guess we could talk about briefly because i think it does have some um it could have some seismic seismic changes in the industry i'm not sure if it will will be the release um and you're gonna laugh at me will be the release of trolls 2 um because What Universal did, if everybody's not aware, is Trolls 2 was going to be a theatrical film. You know, they had a huge marketing push. The first one was actually a pretty big hit. Uh, But they decided once the pandemic hit to basically um, release it just on uh, video on demand streaming to home. Um, And they they put the price at $20 to rent for two days. Um, And from Universal, they're saying that um, this was a big success. Uh, but I just find it interesting, and a lot of people have commented on, is this the wave of the future? Are theatrical windows, which currently is 90 days, is that going to go away? Um, I don't think it is. I think this is kind of a one-time thing just because of the pandemic and just the Trolls 2 scenario where a lot of you know families could rent it. Uh, but what do you all think? Do you think this is a trend that we're going to see in the future with uh, films being uh, skipping the theatrical and going straight to the home? Now, you said this was universal.
0: Right, yep. right, and so did didn't they just do do that with the Invisible Man, the the new Invisible Man movie, the Lee yeah. Whannell? Well, n- not it, it came out in theaters, but then I right. thought because it's theatrical, I mean, it was doing well at the box office, yeah. And then its theatrical run was cut short, so exactly. they've made it available, and it's twenty dollars as well. I, I actually I was gonna watch it, but I was like twenty bucks. I think I'll just I think I'll wait a little the bit price. longer until it's. Till it's released so that's interesting yeah, well, that universal is is talking about doing that with just a just a brand new film that hasn't been released in theaters at all
2: yeah and i think that's a great point was you make about universal because they did do that but i think that was more of the scenario of like you're saying um you know invisible man was out in theaters for several weeks and i, I went and saw it. it's actually a great movie my favorite of the year um but you know then they closed all theaters so that makes sense of why they did that but Trolls 2 is a wholly different scenario where they literally said, you know, instead of pushing back the release date like they're doing for all these other films, they said, no, we're going in, we're releasing it straight to the home. Uh, so it's just interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the months ahead, depending on how the pandemic also plays out. Well, then you also have theater companies like AMC, you
0: know, in trouble. And yeah. so that's a, that's another sure. thing that may kind of push um... – studios into doing things like that i think it is
1: as a as a dad of uh two kids rented it watched it twice already so i did my Uh, research on trolls for this and rented onward watched it you know as it came out in the so i could see that huh gabe you're
2: the reason why the theatrical business is going under because you're renting these movies like this (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, it's a pandemic. We can't go <laughs> out and watch it. I would not support it if the theaters were still open because the theater is my, abs, just like you, one of my favorite things in the world.
2: But so. I think, and um, it gave it a testimony, I feel like it, this is not going to become a trend, at least not yet, because I feel like Trolls 2 was like the perfect scenario for this, where it's a film that really honestly... Uh, it's not you don't have to go to the theater to watch it, but since everybody's stuck inside, and especially if kids, you know, which I know they love Trolls, you know, yeah, we'll spend twenty dollars on it and uh, put the kids in front of the TV for several hours. Uh, that's a that's actually a good deal in that scenario. Yeah,
1: it was almost like Universal was like, let's help these parents out. We got this. <laughs> let's give it
2: to them. right. So yeah, what about you all? Do y'all have anything you want to talk about when it comes to the uh, industry at large?
0: Well, I don't have anything to to really bring up that we can kind of debate over but um i was very excited to see they released a still from dennis uh villanueva's uh, dune mm-hmm. uh this yeah. week and they announced that the as of now the december 18th release date is still good and they also announced that it's only going to be part one of the film it's actually it's going to be uh, they're going the kill bill route, route where they'll release part one and then they'll release part two later and I, he's probably my current favorite director recently placing Dave, Dave Fincher, mainly because Fincher isn't doing much of anything. Uh, but I did I did read a quote on Twitter that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, it says, you think you like Dennis Villanueva, but you don't really like Dennis. You like Roger Deakins.
3: <laughs>
0: right. I thought that was pretty cinematographer,
2: that was pretty, exactly. So That's weird. funny. And with I'm with you. I can't wait for the new Dune. Uh the, the images got me really stoked. I was really hoping they were gonna release a trailer that day but they were just teasing us. Uh, The cast is absolutely stacked. Great filmmaker, um, you know, great iconic novel uh, that really has never been done right in the movie world. You know, they had the David Lynch version in the early 1980s. Um, It's a little campy. It doesn't hold up super well. It's still enjoyable, uh, but I think this is really going to be something exciting to watch. And I don't even think, I can't, I'm just going to make a proclamation. I don't think people are ready for for, for it. I don't think a lot of people even know maybe it's coming. I think it's going to be one of those films that a lot of people are like, whoa, that looks great, and it's it's really good. So that's my prediction. On, kind of like Mad Max uh, Fury Road several years ago. Or, uh, or,
0: or his last, or Blade Runner.
2: Yeah, Blade Runner, exactly.
0: Yeah, good point. Well, does anybody else have anything for this,
2: this, uh, this segment before we, we move on? no no i'm good i think uh i think i'm excited to get into these virus movies well uh, that's a great lead-in as tonight as promised we're going to be
0: discussing some zombie virus films which we really felt was the natural progression from the real life virus setting that we discussed in episode one and we also understand that horror movies are not everybody's thing but I would consider deadly virus films kind of horror-adjacent, and especially Contagion is it's very much real-life horror right now. Um, so anyway, I, I wanted to throw this in here real quick before we, we went much further. I was talking with some people on Twitter, knowing that we were going to be doing a, a, basically a horror episode, and I was talking with them about horror movies, and this gentleman I was talking to, he had a great take on horror we weren't talking about zombie movies. We were actually talking about the movie The Descent. But I found in his brief review of The Descent, he was really making a statement on horror films in general. And I just kind of wanted to shout him out and read what he said. And so the Twitter handle is at czar underscore Kopite. And that's Z-A-R underscore Kopite. K-O-P-I-T-E. And here's what Zar goes on to say. He says, I think that the best horrors are effective because they generate an atmosphere of unease. The Descent did this really well, especially with a cave setting that the characters couldn't navigate and the audience couldn't get a hold of. Poor horrors usually rely on jump scares and loud noises. And this didn't do that too much. The jump scares were earned with building tension in a genuinely scary setting. So I really like what he said there. And I also asked him the question, as we're going to be doing a lot of on this podcast is, what his favorite scene or what his favorite part of the movie was. And this is what he said. He said, the first sighting of one of the creatures by the main character was very unsettling to me. And that's actually was is my favorite part of The Descent, too. And we're not talking The Descent tonight. But again, I just wanted to uh, bring that up since we were talking horror films. We appreciate Czar's comment, and we encourage our Twitter community to give him a follow. But anyway, back to the main topic. So there's so many zombie movies and unfortunately we're going to have to leave out some zombie classics tonight because we're strictly going to be focusing on films that deal with viruses or the focus is more on the virus as the sickness whereas in movies like you know um the living dead like Romero's dead franchise or demonic possessions like an evil dead or voodoo curses like in Fulci's Zombie 2 um and we're also going to leave comedies out of it, so I know Gabe's pretty disappointed that we're not talking Shaun of the Dead tonight. what uh, of the best. I've been crying all day. <laughs> we're going to get to it though. That's one of the best. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think an interesting episode would might be horror comedies because there's quite a few of them, yeah. and a lot of those, the best ones like you know, Zombie Land and Shaun of the Dead and things are.
2: Yeah, um, Evil Dead
0: too. Yeah, one cut of the dead just yeah. came out. Um,
1: I love warm bodies. We're not going to talk about that tonight. And warm bodies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So anyway, we'll we'll get to that episode eventually. But um, so before before we even get further into our episode, I was doing a little research, and I found some detractors and arguments against the films that we're going to review tonight. There's an article in Discover magazine, and the title of it is "Delay the Decay: How Zombie Biology Would Work." And I encourage our listeners to to check out that article. It's it's not very long. You can type that in on Google; it'll come right up. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this to see kind of what boat you're in. And so I'll set the stage. All right.
2: Bit. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really read a, an article like that about like uh, zombies. So yeah, yeah, hit us with it. Well, in
0: a quick side note on that, there's actually, there's, in, in some colleges, they have professors that are teaching classes on zombies. Really? It's in multiple colleges around the country. You can look, look into this. It's, it's a big topic. I'm sure it's um, some type of arts,
2: you
1: know,
0: um, uh, credit yeah. I got so many right, questions.
1: Right. Can we get first one of them of all, on the podcast first? Yeah,
2: and uh, no wonder the uh, higher education is going down the tube in America. <laughs> like I want to uh, know.
1: <laughs> I want to know. Do zombies fart? Do
2: zombies uh, sleep? Whoa! Well, these are the things you think
1: about, Gabe. First of all, what?
2: These. Are, <laughs> I was going to say these are the things you think about.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, do they sleep? Because I'll tell you, in one of the movies that we're reviewing tonight, and I am Legend, at nighttime they're just standing in a corner like bebopping it's like gyrating and i was like so that's what they do yeah well i think that's supposed to be
2: kind of their
0: version of sleep
1: yeah how about this
2: i I can't wait for here real quick i can't wait for a a recent college grad to go to a job interview and be like yeah so what was your uh, degree and i was in a zombie's uh, zombie biology. Uh, yeah, I can. You know, I'm really good uh, with the zombie uh, uh, genre. Well, <laughs>
1: my gosh, I've been up all night studying for Zombie 401. I actually have yeah,
0: a little, little hiring for the for the company that I work for, and I will, um, if I have a grad come to me and want to talk zombies, I, I might just hire them.
2: Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> so yeah, Wes, what what does this uh, article say about the zombies um, in it? So anyway, the first.
0: Statement from the article: It says if the pathogen is non-fatal, it doesn't count as a zombie virus. And so the quote says, "If the pathogen doesn't first kill you, then reanimate you, then you aren't a zombie." Interesting. How do we
1: know if you've been killed and reanimated? That's one of the questions that I had. That's true. Like, 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 at what point do you die and reanimate? Like. I don't think these
2: films are going into that. Like, when when did they go into it in like 28 days later? They ever talk about that? Do
1: they? I don't remember that. Well, he
2: specifically brings that up, that's and not so a
1: thing like that's not even a thing.
2: First of all, let me just say this real quick. This guy no, does know zombies don't exist, right? This is not a, an actual thing. These are these are this is fiction. This is you know. <laughs> so, uh, Discover Magazine. I don't know uh, <laughs> what articles they're writing there, but anyway, yeah. Go ahead, Wes. What were you gonna say? Well. <laughs> Well, I thought it
0: was funny that the writer, he immediately contradicts himself, okay? So he his first proclamation is, if it doesn't kill you first, then you aren't a zombie. But then he goes on to say, um, these are three criteria that make you a zombie, one of which is not you have to die and come back to life. Oh, <laughs> so he oh, contradicts sure. himself. So here are the three things. Okay. It's number one, stimulus response creatures that seek flesh. Number two, continually decomposing. Number three, contagious via
2: bodily fluids. Mm, Interesting. I think those are all pretty close to being what you would consider in the zombie, you know, rules. Uh, And honestly, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that... George R. R. his his films, Romero's films, they're really the ones that set the template for what we know as zombie rules. Um, so I think that those go off of those pretty closely.
0: And you brought up just a little bit ago, talking about 28 days uh, and 28 weeks for that matter, the rage virus. The, mm-hmm. the writer specifically touches on that. And he says that basically the rage virus is just a form of rabies. You know, they aren't undead so much as just violently insane. And the more that I thought about that, I was like, well, in that case, he's saying the same thing for The for the Crazies, which is another movie that we'll cover tonight.
2: Yeah, and, and I guess in a way he is kind of right that you could look at it from that angle that some of these aren't really necessarily zombies per se. They're more just like really uh, crazy people or sick people that have this you know uh, virus in them that makes them go insane.
1: We um, just so I just realized that, that these are fictional characters.
2: Right. <laughs> 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 that's what I'm still trying to figure who's out. We need to get him on this who's podcast. Who's this guy? We <laughs> should.
0: We, we, we should reach out to him, and, should, and see if he would come, come, come on and debate us.
1: guy who wrote Discovery, whatever yeah, article. Yeah, take it. Get, get him on, on right now. Podcast. Get
2: him, okay. All right, let's take two hours. We're going to take a two-hour break. We'll be back to get him on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, no, that's really interesting. What else? Is there anything else, Wes, in that article that kind of contains of this? No,
0: I mean, that was pretty much it. He was going through, and again, like the title, he was just kind of describing the biology. But uh, I just found it funny that here we are. Hey, we're going to be talking uh, zombie viruses, and this guy was pretty much saying the movies we're going to talk about, they aren't zombies. But because of the article, I got into looking into the origin of zombies and just kind of food for thought or just throwing this out here. It originated from Haitian folklore, and it wasn't even used in the English language until 1819. So this is a a relatively new term that doesn't have a lot of history behind it. Um, And then I also just looked up the definition of a zombie because I was like, okay, let's just just go super elementary here and see what the definition of a zombie says to see if that agrees with this writer. And it says a corpse, so he's right there, said to be revived by witchcraft, certain especially in certain African and, and Caribbean religions. So that's kind of the origin uh, of it. It kind of came from their uh, different religions. But w- I think if referring to the original idea of a zombie in Caribbean and African religions, the writer of the Discover Magazine article right. However, over the years in pop culture, the term has really shifted, and so I looked up uh, another definition referencing popular fiction, and it says a person or reanimated corpse that's been turned into a creature capable of movement but not of rational thought, which feeds on human flesh. Well, that takes care of the movies we're going to talk about tonight.
2: Yeah. I think it's a great point that I think historically, originally, you're right. The, what what's the current zombie It's not exactly how it was originated, uh, but as anything um, in pop culture, you know, it, it changes. It, it you know it it you know I don't want to say it um, just alters kind of its original intent. I think that's what's happened. It's taking the original idea behind the zombie, and now it's something uh, new and uh, different in a lot of ways. Exactly, exactly, and that was
0: just kind of. I guess my point of bringing that up. So, you know, if discover magazine, if you're listening, since you started to refer to pop culture and movies, the, I think the films we're covering tonight are zombie movies.
2: I think so. I think so for sure. Um, maybe not the original intent, but I think now as in our understanding of it. They definitely are zombie films. So listeners, we're going to ask
0: you, what do you think? Follow us on Twitter at real, r-e-e-l underscore cast and leave your comments on what constitutes a zombie film and we'll try to read some of those in the next podcast if we get some responses so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to get into the heart of our episode and, and talk through some of these films hey listeners i wanted to tell you about another great podcast called the back in time podcast I've been a listener now for a couple of years, and Kyle and J.D. have put together a fun, laid-back podcast where they talk about your favorite movies and songs in a unique format. Also, you can find them on Twitter, at Back in Time Pod.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the
0: of Alright, we're back, and let's get into talking about these movies. And for our mini-reviews, Uh, that we'll do tonight we'll just go very mild spoiler or spoiler free and then for our feature reviews we'll go into them a little bit more like we did last time but we're not going to try to spoil the whole movie for everybody and the host will be sure to give everybody a spoiler warning before you know we say anything that might you know
2: ruin the film yeah for sure
0: so with that said what's uh what's the first one you guys want to talk about
2: well, I'm going to jump in here real quick, because I, the one that's on the top of my head that, that I feel like a lot of people know, a lot of people have seen, um, is uh, World War Z. I mean, that came out not too long ago, 2013, a big star in Brad Pitt, um, it was a big hit, I think it made over $500 million worldwide, um, and it has kind of that fast zombie that's kind of all the rage now you know that, that's kind of the zombie now that you've seen all these movies it's that fast moving zombie that you know comes at you fast and is kind of really uh skinny emancipated and it just you know they kind of they're kind of like a horde in a way and that movie really showed that remember those scenes in that movie where they're like all jumping on top of each other uh i mean that was some really good stuff i thought um so the film um takes place um, in, I guess, recent, uh, times where basically a, um, zombie apocalypse basically happens and Brad Pitt works for the UN. He's an investigator trying to figure out where the origination of the zombie, I guess you would say the virus from it, how it originated. Um, and I guess the one reason I just want to briefly talk about it is, uh, first, uh, Brad Pitt's hair in that film. <laughs> what does what, what he do with that hair? I don't know, but it is not a good look for Brad.
1: Um, well, a couple of you know, things. So his co-star, his wife, I I love the actress. She was good in several Netflix series that I watched, The Killing, um, several different series. But it, I think they had to make him less attractive to to buy her as his wife.
2: And, I mean, that's uh, really hard to do. do. Interesting, interesting. I mean, he is one of the. Uh, best-looking actor we've ever had that is true but that is not a good look for brad don't ever do that again brad that's what i would say on that one uh the other thing i would say is this one one before before you say
0: that i would say that his hair is comparable to the zombie cgi in this movie oh that is true man those zombies
1: climbing over each other look like 8-bit nes game zombies (laughs) they're just like barely crawling over each other trying to reach out
2: is that it's based on a, a really cool book that like takes it from more of a uh, worldview where like it's about governments fighting it back and about what would really happen in a zombie apocalypse. Um, but the, the movie just kind of really ruined that. And uh, of course it had a, a really awful production history. They actually filmed the entire last third in Russia and they had like a huge battle scene. Um, in moscow and they totally scrapped that and rewrote it so it had all sorts of production issues and you kind of see that on the on the edges of the film how it doesn't really fit together Um, i think it's definitely worth a watch especially if you haven't seen it uh i wouldn't say it's one of the best but it is kind of entertaining in that kind of uh goofy way for sure well
0: i just i don't know what it was this is normally a movie like the premise brad pitt's in it that would really get me excited because my understanding is, and I have not read the book, but I understand the book is like one of the the best zombie right. novels or or books. And I pr- probably should read it, but I was just really indifferent after seeing the trailer for it. I, personally, I thought it had a terrible trailer, and I was like, ah, I'll just I'm gonna catch this one on video. I did catch it on video. It has been several years. And I really don't remember a whole lot of it. I just remember the bad CGI. I remember Brad Pitt's awful hair. And <laughs> right. I, I mean, Everybody I hate to be that. like trashing the movie because I mean, I'm not trashing it. It was okay. It just is yeah. not one that um, I get really excited about. And I'm honestly surprised that it did so well worldwide. I mean, did you say 500 500- 500 million, oh, yeah.
2: over 500 million worldwide, that's, and I think that's but, impressive. Yeah, it is, and it speaks to the fact that people love zombie movies, but they also want like big blockbuster zombie movies. And, and even they also if they love Brad Pitt, and they also love Brad Pitt, but, so Brad Pitt. I think that speaks to that for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you, Wes. Not, not one of the best, worth watching, but definitely not one of the best, I don't think. Um, what about you guys? You guys have any, any you want to touch
1: on? Gabe, I'll let you take it if you want. Well, I've got one. I am Legend, and it's going to be my feature review.
3: I'm not, I'm not infected! I'm not infected! Please!
1: Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Six billion people on Earth when the infection hit. I'm a survivor living in New York City.
3: I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday when
1: the sun is highest in the sky. We did all right, guys, T-Man and I talked about it a little bit and Will Smith He's basically the Tom Cruise of the 1990s and the 2000s. Wouldn't you agree, T-Man?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. You're right, Wes. Uh, you're right, Gabe, that you know, Tom Cruise owned the 1990s for sure. Will owned the late 90s all throughout the 2000s. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Really one of the icons Picture of the this. last 25 years.
1: His rap album, Big Willie Style, had just mm-hmm. come out. Fresh Prince like Fresh Prince of Bel Air was on in everybody's house after they got off from school and in the morning at six o'clock. Um the alien oh man, do you remember do you remember when he punched an alien in the face and said, <laughs> Welcome to
2: Earth? Yeah, Independence Day. His true out, you know, basically just saying to the world, Hey, I'm here. I'm the biggest star in the world. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing.
1: So I mean yeah exactly <laughs> nothing. I'm not going to do anything cuz Will Smith's going to punch me in the face. Yeah, and then um, he comes out the
2: next year with Men in Black. What about a 1-2 summer punch? Has has there ever been a 1-2 summer punch like that back to back? I don't know if there ever has been.
0: I mean audience if you're if you're picking up that this sounds like a little bit of a routine, I have a feeling that it was because they know i'm not the biggest will smith fan in the world and so i think they're they're really laying it on thick uh tonight on will smith on, on my account i just wanted to throw that out there
2: yeah i mean that is true but honestly everything i've said i i believe i think that is all true gabe what, what are your thoughts what are you thinking right now about, well let me really?
1: let me tell you i remember where i was when 9-11 happened i remember where i was when christian Leitner hit a three against uk in the final four I remember where I was when my wife got pregnant, and I remember where I was when Will Smith punched that alien in the face and said, Welcome to Earth. Welcome, Welcome to Earth.
2: Yeah. I, well, I, I said you, all. I hope I said you remember line, where you were way, when your, your wife
1: got pregnant. Or when when I found out she was pregnant. But I know where I was when that happened too. But, but true. I went around my house as it was me and Eric. We were going around the house going, Welcome to Earth. Your Welcome brother, right? Earth. Yeah. And we Those were punching. You,
2: yeah. that's amazing. Um, What about so let me just jump in here real quick, Gabe, because I think you made a good point about Will is that, you know, Tom Cruise was really the biggest star in the world for, you know, I would say a 10 year run from the late 80s through uh, the late 90s. And Will kind of, you know, they overlapped a little bit. Um, in that late 90s run but really from independence day men in black and after the debacle of wild wild west which we won't get into um in this episode well why um... not why
0: don't why don't we <laughs> talk about no, wild
2: wild west? that one or the legend of bagger vance we'll just forget those two things ever happened i think will also would agree with that so um... that sounds like another good one-two punch that he had <laughs> no not not one of his oh, best oh the but anti all have... will smith guy well, we all have those uh, bad runs there. But after that, he, he really sets off probably one of the great 10-year runs of a movie star that we've had recently. You know, every film was a huge box, box office success, and he was headlining it on his own. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right, Gabe. He really is kind of the Tom Cruise of the past, you know, 20 years, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Leading up to this movie, Will Smith had done Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State— Wild Wild West, Legend of Bagger Vance, Ali, I Robot, Hitch, and The Pursuit of Happiness. I'm sorry. I, I mean, Wes. Right. I know you don't like Will Smith, but it felt necessary to talk about <laughs> Will Smith's Run. But all you're all the way up until worked. this film,
2: and you gotta also uh, bring in the fact that he uh, also started out as a, a hugely successful rapper in the early '90s. Um, those you know, those songs still hold up to this day. And he had a huge um, sitcom on that he was the star of. And then he progressed as, uh, you know, one of the top stars. So, you know, really just one of the iconic movie, uh, you know, careers uh, of our lifetime. And, you know, what's crazy is he's still only um, early 50s. So he still yeah. has, you know, quite a few number of years left because he started so young. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you're you're right on there, Gabe, about that. And I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you with what you guys are saying, because it is
0: true. And I actually started off like liking Will Smith quite a bit. Uh, I love independence day. I love his character in that, but I kind of felt like Will Smith just has a character that he does, that he does very well. And he's done it uh, for a lot of movies and the act just kind of started to, to get old to me. I do not like that. Uh, that cocky persona all the time. And again, that's one of the, the characters that he plays very well because he is a very confident person. And uh, again, I, I liked it. I mean, the first Bad Boys is pretty good. Uh, Independence Day is is awesome. And I'm sure we'll get into Independence Day as this podcast yeah. uh, goes on. I mean, there are movies that I like of his, but I also felt like he kind of started to go down a bad a bad path And since we're talking about I was going to save this statement, but I'm going to I'm just going to throw it out right here since since we're really talking about this. But I really feel like that I am legend really marked the end of Will Smith's great run as one of the top stars in Hollywood. Oh,
2: well, I I would actually I'll actually say that's close to being true, uh, Wes, but I would say Hancock the the next year he came out with Hancock, which was a huge hit. Um, and still, it's an it, interesting film. I think that's like his last big like. It was, star
0: in the world. It was, yeah. but I'm not saying that he hasn't had some other hits. I'm just saying that I Am Legend is, it was kind right. of like the bookend. Because, yes, he had a big hit with Hancock, but it also, I mean, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, it's really not all that good. It's just pretty much, uh whatever not, not what it okay let me try so right, i'm hold on. just saying i am legend is like <laughs> the bookend of that and that's when he really starts to kind of decline is he's not the top star anymore right by it's the way hard.
2: our here real quick our uh listenership of this podcast has went down to zero because west is dissing will smith everybody loves will he's like the most lovable guys there is uh <laughs> so come on back with us listeners. Game t- bring bring us back to well, let
1: me let time. me do this to clear up wes's air i'm just gonna do a little moistening right now so he went from 1998 with independence day all the way so his argument is to 2007. that's a nine-year span of being on top it's well, hard independence to be on day top. was 96. yeah so 96 so, 11. so an 11 year span of being on top i was wrong i didn't do my independence day research for this podcast but i mean that's a long time to be on top wes he's it, every once in a while i mean he topped tommy cruz so yeah it was,
2: and he's still, you know, quite relevant. What's funny is we're doing this podcast. What's the number one film worldwide this year? I know theaters are closed down, bad boy. but Bad Boys for Life. So he's still a, a star. I mean, he really is. You know, we don't really have, honestly, movie stars like this anymore. There isn't like a number one movie star any world anymore because they don't really make movie star movies anymore. It's all about franchises. Well, so, they they do. His name is Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh,
1: well, we're not, we're yeah, not even going into that today.
2: Leo, Leo's a different type of movie star. Leo's like kind of a uh, actor's actor movie star. Um, like more like almost like a Tom Hanks in that way, where Tom would uh, make really good films that ended up being like big blockbusters. But I wouldn't classify Leo in the same category as like a Tom Cruise or even a, a Will, or like a Harrison Ford. Because to me, those guys are like Movie stars of like big budget like films, um, so I, and I think that's a longer conversation that we'll definitely want to have one day. Uh, but all good points. uh exactly
1: like me. So, um, so this segues into my next event: uh, best three performances for Will Smith in a movie. I know Wes has been hunkering hankering to talk about this. I'll give mine. Then Wes okay. you can go next. So mine <laughs> right. are Ali. I love him in Ali. He transformed into a different person. After watching this movie, I Am Legend is number two. And then Independence Day.
2: Ooh, all right. Okay, okay. Uh, Wes, you want to go next? So excited. Oh,
0: now I'm trying to think of
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what did I really enjoy Will Smith in? Uh, <laughs> I would say Independence Day is my favorite Will Smith uh, movie. I actually – one – funny movie that he was in that i actually really enjoyed I, I liked hitch quite a bit honestly i thought it was it was pretty good and i guess the third would would be
2: i am legend
1: okay, okay. Th- yeah
2: team Th- Th- man yeah. i would say um third would be Ali, um really like Ali. uh underrated film in a lot of ways i think um he does really transform into that character uh number two is men in black i mean just one of the great like movie star runs there like i've said earlier uh just a really good film that still holds up um and you know i still love that line he's like i make this look good man well, oh you do, man you do make Iconic. it good um those sunglasses uh and you know, so that's that's great. And then of course, number one, it's independence day. I mean, it's gotta be one of the just really great uh, you know, movie star making performances that we've ever had, honestly. Um, like you said, gay, when he punched that uh alien, I think everybody cheered in that movie. I know I did.
1: I might I might go ahead and do it right here on the podcast. Will Smith, if you're listening, we're gonna dub you king of the one-liner. Dub. Yes. I make you, you look good. Health. Welcome to Earth, all the great one-winers.
2: Will Smith, all the Your ones fu- he's got. Uh, thank you, legend. So much. Uh, maybe he doesn't got any of legend. Um, but uh, yeah, he you really know what's is. crazy is that I actually have
0: in my upstairs where I'm recording this podcast the 101 greatest movie quotes of all time. That's a little, it's not uh, a poster, but it is some wall decor. And Will Smith is not on at one time. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a
2: different. They need to get rid of, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, and and replace it with, I make this look good. (laughs) <laughs> oh i mean, i would tear it off my wall <laughs> no just, just, just it. give it to me i want it i want it give it
1: <laughs> if you knew if you guys podcast listeners if you guys knew how much that um west does not like talking about west it's almost cringeworthy for me and t-man to be doing this so i'm gonna lean into it a little bit further so your favorite song from the rap album big willie style i personally am a getting jiggy with it kind of guy Wes, oh what are you? man that's oh that's a
0: good
2: one there's other songs on the album. Yeah, there's other. I, like oh, I mean, that men one was. Black. That's one of the best. Hey, well, that's 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 my question, Gabe. Is Men in Black on that album? It is. It's the last song on that. Album. Oh, it question. is Men in Black. It's got to be Men in Black. We I mean, that song. Is men still in Black. Like- and do you all remember the music video when they have that alien dancing in it? Oh, it looks yeah, and like- they're doing those
1: sidesteps. Walk <laughs> yeah. with it. Just walk with it.
2: I mean, just I mean, just a great music video. Some of the worst CGI ever until we get into I Am Legend. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was an I Am Legend segment, but apparently well, it's just hey, the Will Smith. Wes, calm segment.
1: down. Uh Will Smith is in 70% of this movie. So we're just we're gonna talk about the main star for He's the only person you see for 70% of the time. So we've got to I dig would into him. I think it was bit. more
2: like 95. It is like <laughs> every scene. Uh, Wes, you're not getting out of this. All right. Yeah. What's, what's your song?
1: <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Um, Come on, Miami. <laughs> that's a good one. There's, there's I, all kinds of good ones. I
0: don't, I mean, maybe Wawa West.
2: <laughs> that's not on there. That's not, You picked the only Wilson song that's not on there.
1: Would Why you like? like you to, would you like? I, to I do read?
0: like his intro. His wiki, wiki, wow,
2: wiki, wow, wiki, wow, wiki, wow, wow oh, West. Yeah, that that's great.
1: I mean, there are some just the two of us. Just the also
2: great.
1: I mean, well, we're gonna say West. He, that's your meaning. Me and
0: Doctor Evil did that one better. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh! All right. Well, on that note. Okay. Enough. of... Enough about the Bo Jackson of rap and acting. We're going to move on <laughs> to I Am Legend. So I Am Legend is a movie based on a novel by Richard Math- Matheson. Uh, it's directed by Francis Lawrence. You may be asking yourself, who is Francis Lawrence? I did when I first read that. He also directed The Hunger Games Catching Fire, which I'm sure lots of movie podcasts are talking about. You guys back me up on that. Um so the synopsis. Let me give you the quick synopsis. A sci- Scientists attempt to cure cancer by injecting humans with a specific virus that has been human engineered, and it works. So it cures cancer. Thousands take it, and they're cured. However, they quickly become sick and turn into zombies or dark seekers, as I Am Legend calls them. The virus kills 5.4 billion people. To give you some reference, or 6 billion people in the world. The other 588 million turn into the Dark Seekers or the zombies. The movie flashes forward to the present time, which is in New York City, and it's completely void of people. In which Will Smith drives 100 miles an hour through downtown New York. He hunts here <laughs> in downtown New York, right. all with his dog Sam. He spends most of his time, um, he spends most of his time trying to create the cure for the Dark Seekers or the zombies. And he does this by capturing them uh, with secret traps and running tests on them. He's also spends his time searching for other life and listening to Bob Marley. And that pretty much sums up the movie. Do you guys have yep. anything to add to that? <laughs> no,
2: I think you did a really good job with the plot. I will want to say uh, re-watching because I haven't seen it a long time. I-, I forgot. Like he is just driving really fast all throughout New York. I was like, Oh yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. But they make New York look so like, uh, I mean, realistic in it in its abandonment. Um, so I don't know if you're going to get into that game, but I just want to. I, that's well, I actually, gonna- I actually wrote down a note on that,
0: and I'm going to challenge that just a little bit. It does look like New York, and it does look very abandoned. But this movie takes place like three years after the initial, I guess, the outbreak and. Everybody dying and stuff, right? It's three years. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, why in just three years are the conditions of the of the roads in downtown New York or uh, they're they're just so bad? There's grass growing up everywhere. There's weeds,
2: plants. That's easy. The bad the roads are awful right now. So it's not going to take very long for them to get much
1: worse. (laughs) Yeah, but who well, cleared off all the <laughs> taxi cabs and cars? Yeah, I just right. don't I like think that inside in so Will Smith could
2: drive 100. My New York oh, listeners, geez. get us in on this. The roads
0: are awful up there. So, <laughs> yeah, challenge me on that because I just didn't make sense. As soon as that, that I, I rewatched it this week actually for the episode, and, and that popped up, and I was like, what, just three years? It, it looks like it's been 20. So, I didn't think that that was very realistic. And there's also huge Johnson or African plains grass growing up in in downtown
1: it's been New York. It's been Will will yeah, it's been boat. 3 years going Nobody's touched the roads. There's been
2: no road working crews. I mean, yeah, think but... about your yard after like 2 weeks it's like uh, awful. So I think that's actually pretty realistic. Uh plus you know Will's out there seeding that grass. That's probably <laughs> <what you're> doing it. <laughs> I think that's probably the the key to that right there. <laughs> there's a,
0: there's no stress of the cars driving on the roads to help them deteriorate more. Just the sun and weather.
2: I it's mean, just on, not. Honestly, are are the roads really that much different now? I mean, we don't do anything for our roads anywhere. So honestly, I think they that's aren't. Realistic. Think
1: Kentucky has good roads. Yeah, but there's not there's not like
0: bushes and and grass and trees growing up through everywhere.
1: All I, roads. I, look, all the Wes, I'm going to pause you. I'll side with you on this. There's a whole sewer system underneath New York's roads. There's no chance there's grass or any growable soil there. So I, I'll give you that one.
2: All right. Okay. One for Wes on that one. What else? What one else? You got? All
1: right. So let's go into our favorite scene of this movie. Cause I feel like we're going to talk about two key okay. topics. My favorite scene of this movie. And it's not necessarily my favorite scene, but it's the most memorable scene in any movie of that year. And I remember when I saw this for the first time. The scene is, so basically, his dog saves Will Smith from the zombie dogs. They're about to eat him. He attacks the other zombie dog. He gets bit himself. That's not the scene I'm talking about. Later on, Will Smith goes back to his lab with his dog, and he tries to inject his dog with the serum he's been working on to cure him. And his dog, you can tell, is slowly turning into a zombie. And while his dog is slowly turning into a zombie, Will Smith is hugging his dog and, and humming some music. And he's trying to calm his dog down. And then his, when he sees his dog finally turn into a zombie, he has to choke him to death. And right, yep. when I saw that, I mean, that was, I don't know why. And my wife does it too, but it was so impactful on me, him killing that dog. I was like, oh, I can't believe he killed the dog. If it was a person, I probably wouldn't care. But the
2: dog, right.
1: like I that was, was a,
2: that was a big thing when it had when it came out. I remember that. Like everybody was talking about that scene everybody. where he killed the dog. Yeah.
1: In fact, if you Google it, like a hundred blajillion things pop up.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good scene. So uh, you're so
0: Will you've established Will Smith as a dog killer.
1: Yes. He is. Uh, you're but, just uh, doing this to say you don't like him. no, we're not going there, Wes. What was your favorite scene, T-man?
2: uh (laughs) i'm actually gonna jump right before that
1: and i'm gonna say the scene where
2: he gets caught in the trap um from i'm just gonna call them the zombies because i honestly can't remember what they're called each time um dark Dark seats or something (laughs) what dark walkers oh that's it um and he gets caught in the trap and he gets suspended up in the air and then um he he has to then he wakes up and he has to cut himself down Um, And then when he falls down, uh, the one that set the trap comes out with those dogs that you were talking about. And then he has to like scoot back and then ultimately crawl back. uh, And ultimately the dogs attacked his dog. Um, So I think that's a really great scene there. And right before then um, is actually the scene and Gabe, I'm sure you're going to get to it where he's yelling at the mannequin. So I'm just going to make this proclamation real quick. I don't think there's ever been a scene that's gone from, as bad as it gets in a movie, to as good as it gets <laughs> that fast, like that <laughs> beginning part is so bad. I'm like, I'll, I I forgot it happened. I was like, what What is he doing? He's yelling at a mannequin. He's just shooting in the air, I and then I <laughs> named that mannequin because right. was like Fred.
1: I didn't know you were real.
2: I, I think know, it's... <laughs> if you're real yeah. right now, you should tell me, Fred. I didn't know who he's talking to. I was like, "Is there another person in this movie?" All of a sudden. Yeah, I'm. I, look,
3: I, I
0: get it. I get why you know the guy's lonely. Like, okay, what would a lonely guy? He would probably be talking everything. I don't have a problem so much with him just kind of like joking with himself, like with the mannequins. But they they really latch to this talking to mannequin stuff. And it just, it did not work for me. And the it's most like, cringeworthy worst part of it is, is the, I guess the attract, the attractive
2: mannequin.
1: Yeah. And oh, just kinda, I'm coming like, to that later on, but when he asked the mannequin out, yeah, that's. that's uh, well, some good stuff.
2: But I think it's, it's they, not they some were,
1: good stuff. It's some stupid
0: stuff. Uh, <laughs> they were
2: trying to, they were trying to do a Wilson from Castaway. That's let, basically what they were yeah. Going and, for.
0: and I actually felt like that it worked in, in Castaway pretty well, but and this one, I think they just they focused a little bit too much on it, and it just it just didn't work for me. It was a lot of the movie does work, and we've just kind of been joking around, you know, a lot about I am Legend. I actually enjoy the movie. I think it's a, it's a solid movie, and Will does a solid job. But I just didn't, and it wasn't Will's fault. I think he did about as good as he could with the the material. I just thought it was bad writing. I don't think they should have. I don't think they should have done that. They should have elected to. Um, if they were gonna do it, just a much milder form.
2: See, I disagree. I think they should have upped the ante. I thought they should have had more mannequins. Like, <laughs> <The> mannequins. <laughs> mannequin. Like I really wanted the I was hoping the woman at the, that shows up at the end, the real woman, was still a mannequin. Yeah. I was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, oh man, no more mannequins. This sucks. I, I almost turned it off. Uh <laughs> but what what were so what was your uh favorite uh scene in it? Well, again, like I said, we've just been
0: kind of joking around, but I I really did enjoy I Am Legend. And I was trying to narrow it down, and and this is kind of cheating a little bit, but there are really two scenes of the movie that I felt like were the strongest. And the first one is with um, Sam as she's chasing um, one of the most uh, worst CGI deers imaginable into uh, the building. And... As Will goes in to find her, that is such an excellent scene. It builds tension so well. And for those that have not seen the movie recently or have not seen it at all, I don't want to kind of spoil everything that happens in there, but you kind of get your first look at the zombie creatures that he is going to be facing throughout the movie. It's a a very intense scene, and it's a little scary. I, I thought that was a great scene. And then everyone talks about the dog scene and I'm a dog owner myself. So I, I, I definitely understand why everybody has such a hard time with that scene. But I found myself when I was watching it this week, there's a scene of when the family is leaving in the helicopter, which I believe that was an outbreak helicopter,
2: but yeah, they took it. They <laughs> just took it straight from
0: Dustin Hoffman. Right. Uh, but they're, they're leaving in the helicopter and that was just a very emotional scene. And I think it may be because I'm a father now um, that the reason it got to me so much, but just that will just saying goodbye to his son and kind of holding his hand there for a minute. And then that look, they all give each other like this is, this could be the last time or it it might be the last time that we see one another. And I thought will did a great job. Um, His wife, uh, did a great job in that scene. So th- those are w- what I felt like are the two strongest scenes of the movie.
1: Well, fun fact about that scene, Wes, that actually cost $5 million to shoot. That Brooklyn Bridge scene that you're talking about with the helicopter, it was one of the most expensive scenes in movie oh, wow. at the time, $5 million.
2: I believe it because they had tons of people in tons it. Tons of right in the heart of New York. Yep, that makes sense.
1: That They spent all their money on that, so all they have is CGI for the rest of the movie because they dumped it all into that Brooklyn. Brooklyn and,
2: scene. and mannequins. They couldn't even hire real people. So they couldn't hire like, real people. Uh, <laughs> they don't have
1: real people. Let's just get these mannequins in here. I'm going to argue, too, that because there's only CGI and that terrible mannequin scene, it only plays into how good of an actor Will Smith is because I really think he did a good... He, it's him alone some terrible like situations, like the beginning of that scene, T-Man talked about the mannequins, but he really carries the film.
2: He, he really does. Yeah. I think it is really one of his best performances. And one of like, just a, it's, it's kind of like, it's just a great movie star performance. You know, we don't have those as much anymore where it's like just a movie star. You want to see him on the screen and you just want to kind of focus the story around them. Um, and I think they, they did a great job with that.
0: Well, I mean, he had to, if he didn't carry the movie, then you don't have a movie. It's not going to be successful. People aren't gonna, you know, want to see it. So he had a lot. The the producers, everybody involved with that movie had a lot riding on his shoulders in order to make it a success. And again, like I said, I don't think they did him any favors with the, with the CG, some of the CGI, and then some of the the bad writing. But there's enough there's enough good here that made the movie enjoyable um, and the hit that it
2: was. Yeah, and I think the producers uh, uh, were right in their faith. You know, put it on Big Willie's shoulder. He will come through, as we said before. He's going to make it look good.
1: Yeah, they'd all been watching Fresh Prince in the afternoons. (laughs) They knew what he could do. All right, guys, it's time for, I mean, the fans asked for it. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing them back, my list. So, today's list on uh, I Am Legend is things that grind my gears. Um, We have the Tiger King right now, euthanizing Tiger's. There's 10,000 tigers in America and we couldn't even get a real tiger in I Am Legend. Can somebody <laughs> tell me why that ha- why that happened? Well, I don't we, know. there
0: was no
2: tigers in I Am Legend. Yeah, I we couldn't get why. one
1: real tiger. I don't but, know why they went
2: so overboard with CGI in the film. That is the one thing I would say is like why did they go so much CGI in like the the zombies and the tigers and the lions?
1: I have no idea. Another thing that grinds my gears, they pay one actor for 70% of the film. 3 for the other 30%. We can't even get some real life deer. I mean, come <laughs> on. Go <laughs> capture one. I see them all the time. They're all I over it. the place. <laughs> I, everybody <laughs> in Kentucky's I got one of their heads train over a the animal.
0: deer to run away from Will Smith.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, you know you got some trained deer out there. Hollywood's got trained animals for everything. Get some trained deer in there.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what really grinds my gear when your mannequin friend outside the movie store named Fred moves for no reason.
2: <laughs> i was so I, I was so shocked at what was happening that scene. i had no idea i was like is that a real person who is fred i'm so confused why is he shooting up in the air now uh i'm still confused
1: about it i had to rewind back to make sure that he he said hello to fred before he went into the movie store uh, another thing that really grinds my gear when will smith doesn't get the credit he deserves at an actor as an actor wes
2: yeah that one's that one's
1: <laughs> i think i think i have given him some credit for this movie tonight we'll come back to that one later when your scooby-doo trap backfires and some zombies do your trap to you <laughs> that <laughs> that is great that had to say. you know he's sitting there like man i <laughs> they got me they got me what can it's i like, say i've been watching scooby-doo a lot with my five-year-old and fred loves him some traps and he does the pendulum trap a lot and when i saw it and i'm legend i was like oh that's a scooby-doo trap Man, I think, you think my,
2: those, those zombies been watching Scooby-Doo?
1: They didn't. They watched They watched Will Smith, the greatest actor and rapper of uh, our time, do it, and they mimicked him. So um, w- when you finally get the courage to ask out the mannequin of your dreams and she says nothing, that really <laughs> runs my gears. Man,
2: heartbreaking,
1: heartbreaking. Like, his dog had just passed away. He finally got the courage up and went and asked her out nothing. Yeah, that mannequin ghosted him. Yeah, that's just not right. I hate it when anybody goes to anybody. Another thing that really grinds my gears, CGI deer. Hate them. <laughs> yeah. Something that really grinds my gears. When you, when someone eats the bacon that you've been saving for three years. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Oh, that was a good I was like, he, Hey, that's, that makes sense
2: though. You know, you know how long the little things in his life, that's what he was looking forward to. And they just took his
1: bacon. I, he, But he threw the plate with the eggs like there's no eggs out there. I would have never thrown my plate. You know, five minutes later, he's eating the eggs and the bacon off the floor.
2: What I kept thinking about, too, when I was watching the film is like how well stocked his kitchen was. I was like, man, he really (laughs) did a great job with that kitchen. It is like totally full with everything. So he must really go grocery shopping
1: a lot. Uh, well, he went shopping in other people's house because everybody was dead. That's what it was. Uh, but Well, there
0: there was some crazy preservatives in that food to be going on for three years.
1: Who had
2: powdered eggs? I kept wondering that. Well, you know, that's a good question. I don't even know where you get those at. Space? I don't know. But, <laughs> space. He went to NASA. Now, he was a uh, scientist, like a world-renowned scientist, so he uh, probably knew like where to get the stuff that really uh, holds over for a long time.
1: Uh I'll tell you another thing that really grinds my gears is when someone says the words to Shrek while you're trying to watch Shrek and they're (laughs) dubbing over the actual film itself. I hate that.
2: I was so confused about that scene. I was like, is he gonna do like the whole movie? Like how long is this how long is this gonna last? But somebody had a case of writer's block right there. They're like, how can we feel five? Well they're like like,
0: repeat Shrek.
2: Right. They're like, how can we get Will's character to, um, you know, bond with the child really fast. Let's just have him repeat this movie scene. That's all I got. I mean,
0: my kid is like 16 months old, and I think he'd have been weirded out by that.
2: Like, uh, get away from me. <laughs> That's great. So, Gabe, uh, where are we at here
0: with our uh, ratings and recommendations for I Am Legend?
1: Well, let me close up my review real quick. Um, there's a, There's a scene where he quotes Bob Marley in the movie and he says you know bob marley says he wants to light up the darkness and when you originally asked me um what was what did i want fans to get out of or what did i want to get out of this podcast um i didn't answer the question correctly what i really want to get out of it is not to suck and i would like to light up the darkness you know right now is a tough time with the virus going on my goal in life is to light up the darkness or my goal with this podcast with our humor is to light up the darkness so I wanted to say that real quick, but my rating for the film, I watched it again. I was really surprised. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I loved it. Will Smith killed it.
2: Nice, nice. Well hey man,
1: said.
0: What about you? Where are you coming in on I Am Legend?
2: Yeah, I, I'm kind of like Gabe. You know, I, I hadn't watched in a long time. I remember seeing the theater. I remember liking it. I remember bits and pieces about it. I, and I think the really the thing that just stuck in my mind was those CGI zombies. they' was like, ah, oh, those were so bad. I don't understand why they did that. But re-watching it, I really enjoyed it. It was actually better than I remembered. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 also.
0: I think um, I'm not going to come in as high. And th- like I said, there were... There, there's a lot of kind of silliness in the movie that I don't think I, I remember actually liking it more when I saw it in theaters back when it first came out versus now. I still really enjoy the film. I'm going to come in at a, at a decent rating on it. I'm going to come in at a six point five. Um, some of the product placement was is pretty nauseating in the movie. Like it is very over the top, and I understand that. Like movies are trying to raise money, and so they they they're kind of commercials within the movie, but it it really kind of takes me out of the film sometimes. And I noticed a bunch of that, the bad CGI and then just some of the silly scenes. And uh, we're, we're not going to spoil the end or talk about the end. um, But I I did not like how this movie ends at all. I I thought um, the way it ended, the theatrical version was completely unnecessary. I didn't understand why uh, Will's character reacted and did what he did it just didn't seem to fit as part of the movie so i'm going to come in at a 6.5 i still enjoy it i still recommend it it's uh streaming on amazon prime right now and i i do recommend everybody give it a watch
1: let me tell you guys real quick there's an alternate ending to the movie i recommend if you've already seen it check out the alternate ending because it is it's more like the book the book spawned three movies and i am legend is the third movie that it spawned the third attempt to create it the, the ending in the alternate ending is more like the ending of the book. And I think it is better. So if you have already seen the movie and you go to watch it again on Amazon prime, watch the alternate ending version.
0: All right. Well, that's kind of our review for I am legend. And it sounds like all three of us are on the same page. that It's a recommendation. Uh, we are a little bit further apart than we were last week on some of our recommendations, but uh, I mean, that that's good. It's good to have the mix So, I'm going to save my feature review for a little bit later. So, the first movie that I wanted to talk about in this kind of zombie virus uh, genre is The Girl with All the Gifts. And I don't know if you guys have seen that. It actually performed very poorly at the box office.
2: I remember it. Yeah, it was.
0: um, It it really didn't find an audience whenever it was first released. And I don't remember seeing any trailers for it. I'm very much fanfare or writing about it. Um, but it seems like upon more viewings, or, or it's starting to find its audience a little bit. It's now on Netflix. And I watched it, you know, this week for this particular episode. And it's really about, again, it's a, uh, a zombie virus has uh, uh, taken hold of, of basically the world. And Glenn Close plays a scientist who feels like she can uh, find the cure, basically, for this. And all of these children were born at a similar time, and they're not quite the zombies, yet they're not quite human. And so um, we basically follow this this girl and... Um, the, the the place where where they're all out there, this is towards the beginning of the movie, but uh, the zombies attack the base and kill all the army guys, and just a small group of people escape along with the star, the girl with all the gifts, uh, her and her teacher, Glenn Close, and a couple of the army guys. And we really follow them on as they kind of trek through the countryside to get to the city in hopes of finding uh, safety. And um, I don't want to continue to talk more and more about the movie because I really want to encourage people to go out, go to Netflix, check this movie out. I I found myself having a great time uh, watching it. I love how when the movie comes together at the end, it really asks the question, of the audience it kind of gives them a, a new perspective on zombie films to kind of consider and I, again I don't want to spoil what that is but I loved that part of it uh, the performances were strong the zombies look good um, I'm gonna go with an 8 out of 10 on this movie and I'm gonna say hey go out to Netflix as soon as possible and check out the girl with all the gifts if you guys got
2: anything else to say about this particular movie um, Wes, I'm just gonna say real quickly. I did watch it. I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody either. But I did. I also enjoyed it. I remember watching it uh, maybe a year or so ago. I rented it. Um, and and it's good. It's one of those, you know. Um, I think it's British, if I'm not mistaken. It is. And it, um, it is. and it's just a good uh, British horror film. They just make great, great horror films. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend it too. I mean you
0: definitely saw the influence of 28 Days Later on the movie which 28 Days Later and we'll talk about it here more in a little bit but it really influenced not just the British um horror films but but really all zombie movies from from that point forward and so you see a little bit of the influence there but it is a different movie than than 28 Days Later it it, it it draws different conclusions and it asks the audience to consider different things. So, it's a smart movie. It's well acted. The lead actress, uh she's a child actress and she was she was fantastic. I thought she she did a great job. And uh anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, Gabe, but what were
1: you going to say? Now, my movie that falls in this category, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Now, it is a movie, but I can't say it's a movie I'd recommend. So, let me give you the synopsis.
3: <laughs> a deadly
1: virus for all you Resident Evil aficionados, it's the T-Virus. Oh, um, yeah. Infects uh, a gr- the population. And an umbrella corporation in a laboratory underneath Raccoon City is exposed to the world. So yeah, Resident Evil Apocalypse is great for fans of laser grids that cut people into pieces. Oh, uh, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't love a laser grid? That, um, it's good for... Um, a girl riding around and on a bike shooting two guns and having two machetes. I mean, what else what else more do you want? So, I, it is a movie. It's not one I can recommend, but it's on Netflix <laughs> it's and It's out there. It's got about a 20%.
2: Hey, I I would say this on that. Um I've always wanted to live in a city with a name like Raccoon City. Like <laughs> what where do you find a city like that right raccoon city I gotta find a city like with a name like that uh, but I'm with you Gabe Resident Evil is kind of like that franchise where you just turn it on you know it's not good but you're just watching it anyway just to be you know just to get in like a zombie stupor while you're watching it I mean it's, it's total trash but it's it's kind of watchable trash
0: or in my case to be clear you I just... was
1: Resident Evil apocalypse for this this podcast.
0: Well, I was gonna say in my case you just don't turn it on period right <laughs> you you just just probably, to... To probably no. the
2: better idea honestly <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good review Gabe. okay so, um, what do you what do
0: you what did you say you rated it
2: a
1: solid two out of ten
0: so uh, yeah that's gonna yeah. you're gonna tell uh, our listeners to avoid uh Resident Evil apocalypse
2: yeah unless you're just like it's you're up if you're having um you, know, you can't go to sleep it's 2 a.m and you just want something to watch um turn that on uh because it's either gonna really like get you excited like yeah this is good or it will put you right to sleep
1: or if you like laser grids and clones of the exact same woman then that's a the movie for you i
2: truly had no idea what's going on with that plot and why she has so many clones but you know that's gonna we're, we're gonna save that till our uh, special resident evil episode okay Good. i'm glad that's coming up go ahead what yeah you our listener
0: listening? our listener base just uh dropped
2: even further they're like well i'm not gonna be tuning in for not tuning into that one no we're gonna get the whole actually right down, down to six people all of our family members uh, <laughs> um so i'm gonna jump in real quick and i'm actually gonna do my feature review and i'm going to oh. review um 28 days later
3: Wake up today in the hospital. Wake up, and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. infected. Father, infected with oh, i shouldn't have done that. Not the blood. There's something in the blood.
2: So, 28 days later um, is a uh, film from 2002. It's a British um, zombie film. And um, I think it's really one of not only the best um, horror films of the 2000s, if not the best, uh, but also one of the most influential, um, as as Wes was just even talking about. Um, Now, what this film is about, so it starts out where these um, canines have been affected with a rage-type virus that then spreads to humans, and the main character wakes up in a hospital where basically the world is uh, deserted and the apocalypse has happened and he didn't even know about it. Um, And so basically it, it, you know, covers the breakdown of that society. Um, It follows then, then him and several other characters um, as they kind of uh, traverse through this landscape of destruction, uh, trying to outrun the zombies. Um, And I don't want to get too far into the plot because there's a lot of really good twists and turns um, especially towards the end. Um, but I would just say that, you know, a couple of things to talk about when it comes to 28 days later. Um, I would say the first thing, very well reviewed. It's got 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a big hit at the box office, made over $80 million. Um, and, um, once again, the rage virus, and we kind of talked about that earlier, Wes, um, it's really kind of um, influenced by the Ebola virus. Um, basically, it creates, um, you know, a lot of blood and bodily fluids that kind of inject out of the person. Um, and then that basically uh, is what spreads it to other people. Um, and so I'm uh, before we get into the best scene, I just want to see what you guys thought or what your takeaways from watching uh, 28 Days Later. And before we get into that, I, I will just say one other thing. I think 28 Days Later also created or started the really fast zombie. That's the first time I'd seen it, where you had that fast zombie really running after the characters, which kind of made them a lot scarier in a way. Because you know that you had the older zombies, which were, which were very slow. And I'm like, well, I can outrun those. I'm not scared of them. But the yeah. fast zombies, you can't. I was like, oh,
1: man, they're in better shape than I am. So <laughs> It's like mummies. It's like, why are people afraid of mummies? They go like one mile an hour. Well, so uh, this, and I'm really not trying
0: to to be funny with this, but I I was really thinking about that because before 28 Days Later, you really have a lot of the menacing figures or the villains in films. They all move very slow. You know, your your Michael Myers, your your Jasons, your zombies, um, mummies, whatever the situation is. But then in Austin Powers... Do you guys remember that scene where they the steamroller is coming towards Austin powers? And I think, I think it's Heather Graham
2: yeah.
0: and <laughs> it's, it's, it's going like a mile per hour. And he, keeps yeah. like,
2: uh, great like, scene, Iconic he like, scene
0: for sure. He, call, he basically is calling out everybody that like the, the slow moving stuff that they used to okay. do in movies leading up to that time is just ridiculous. It's like, we can get away and run away from this at, At any time. And so it's in this movie came out just a few short years after I believe that was Austin Powers. That was the the spy who shagged me. So I don't know if that truly had something to do with it. But it is kind of funny that everything really started getting much faster, much crazier, much in your face, you know, after they they kind of were making fun of that.
2: Yeah, and that's a good point, Wes, you make there. And one thing that, while I was doing the research on this, I thought that was pretty interesting, is Danny Boyle, who directed it, he uh, cast uh, athletes as the zombies. So to make them really fast and kind of physically imposing in a way also, which you can kind of see that, like they are scary while you're watching the film. Um, and you're really like, oh, you know, scared for the characters as they running towards them. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in then to the best scene in the movie from our perspective. So I have two kind of um, options. Um, I'm going to say my first one, and then I'm going to give it to you guys, and then I'm going to circle back on my next one because I want to kind of save that towards the last. So my first favorite one is that opening deserted scene in London. When he wakes up, Jim, the main character, wakes up, and he's just walking through London and it's totally empty. There's nobody there. Um, and it was so cool how they filmed that. I thought, you know, all real, all, you know, they didn't have a lot of CGI there. Because from what I read, they really woke up at like 4 a.m. in the morning and uh, would, you know, they would have cops stop people from getting into the scene as best they could so they can film as fast as they could those sequences. Um, and I think rewatching it, they really still hold
1: up really well. Let um, me ask you a question about that scene real quick. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Horrifying scene. Imagine getting knocked out, and world world's normal before you get knocked out, and then 28, and then you wake up, and nobody's <sighs> there. The world's empty. Gotta All there suck. are zombies. Like, that is the freakiest idea that's ever been, and, and Danny Boyle pulled that opening scene off. It's phenomenal. Like, it, it's the best opening scene in any of these movies that we're going to talk about probably ever. Um, so I'll say that. But the only thing that really grinds my gears is did they run out of hospital gowns or blankets i mean why is the main character just lying there naked in the bed like you can't tell me they (laughs) you can't tell me they ran out of hospital gowns i'll buy that if they're going through a crisis but they ran out of blankets Gabe, these are the things
2: you're, you're thinking about this when you're sucked into the movie, the drama of it. But actually, you make a really good point, because I don't know. I don't know why have, he's basically just naked. I have naked nine there.
1: blankets in my downstairs. You can <laughs> tell me the hospital
2: ran well, out of blankets. You, one thing you can think about is, like, they've had all these people dying. So they're probably like, well, this guy's in a coma. Let's just, you know, pull the stuff off him that we needed for the other people. That's probably probably what you
1: happened. Just there. lying there in a the bed naked like, <laughs> for 28 days. Right.
2: Right. So. All right. So what what are your guys uh, favorite scene when you rewatch the film? Well, uh, so this is not my
0: favorite scene, but I did want to at least call this out and then and then I'll cover my f- my favorite scene in the movie. But the title of our episode actually comes from this movie. And I love how the character Jim goes through this traumatic experience, T-Man, like you were just talking about. He wakes up. What the heck is going on? No one's around. He goes into that church, and all hell starts breaking loose, literally. You know, there's all these dead people, and then there's these these zombies. They start coming after him. He's scared to death, and he gets rescued, right? He doesn't know who these people are. He doesn't know what's going on. And then as soon as they get to safety, the dude wearing all the gear just immediately tells Jim this stupid joke. And it was to try to, to calm him down. And I just thought that was... Perfect timing. I love Jim's emotionless response to the joke. It, it felt like such a real moment in the film. If and if nobody knows what joke we're talking about, he just uh, he tells uh, Jim, he says, a man walks into a bar with a giraffe. They both get pissed. The giraffe falls over. The man goes to leave, and the bartender says, oh, you can't leave that lion there. And the man says, no, it's not a lion. It's a giraffe. And so I just a busted out laughing oh, at man, this an just awful ridiculous joke, <laughs> joke. Um, and I just love Jim's response. And so I kind of thought that that was—it felt a little bit real, you know what I mean? Like the guys trying to to kind of calm him down, and he and he he leads into it uh, with a joke, but um, the best scene of the movie, in my opinion, is. The scene in the tunnel. So, oh,
2: yeah. Good sequence, yeah, for sure. But
0: is it is it Brendan Gleeson, I believe, is yep. the actor that plays the
2: Okay, And I love him, by the way. I think or he's Matt like I a Moody great like character Potter. actor. Yeah, Matt i Moody, Harry Potter. Yeah, great actor. And and, great sequence, like you're saying, Wes.
0: Yeah, he just, he just he's kind of bullish, right? And Jim tells him that this is a terrible idea to go through this tunnel. <laughs> right. And he sees, like, these cars, and he sees a way to kind of drive up over the top of the cars, but basically he, they get a flat tire. And, you know, everybody in the car, they, they all get out, they're pitching in, because they know they got to act fast. And then you, you hear the zombies coming. And then just the way that Danny Boyle shoots that scene where there's a little bit of light because they're close to the other end of the tunnel and the light is projecting uh, on on the the wall of the tunnel there. And you can see the shadows of the zombies coming and there's a bunch of them all coming and they're trying to get this tire changed and they're running and you can hear them like snarling and. The noise of it really yeah adds that sequence I think yes a lot. yes I love that scene of the movie I think it is it is probably the best individual scene I, I love scenes that build a lot of tension I've already mentioned one and and I am Legend and then now this one but that that's gonna be my pick. The only thing that grinds my
1: gears about that scene, Wes, is when did Mad-Eye Moody's (laughs) daughter take the time to become a NASCAR-level tire changer? Like, (laughs) she is changing that tire, I'm like, oh, man, she's going to be so slow. She's going to be all floppity with it, but she's like,
2: she is so – it takes me hours to change a tire, literally hours like she if that did happened it so me, fast
1: i had a tire fall off i'm in a tunnel zombies are running at me i would just throw the tire iron and run out the tunnel because there's no I've, chance i'm putting that on
2: i would just be dead I mean, <laughs> i'll just be honest i'm done We uh,
0: we would send t-man running towards the
2: zombies yeah that's your best <laughs> option I, us some more time. Take, i'll take the hit guys i'm gonna take this one to to let you guys escape um but that's a great scene, Wes. I think you're exactly right. Uh, Gabe, what about you? What's your favorite well,
1: scene in it? You guys took both of mine. so But I do have a third one. So luckily I had a third one saved up. My favorite, and, and it probably really was my favorite scene, but I don't want to spoil it. So I'm not going to talk a lot about it. But my favorite is the ending. Mm. And I love what Danny Boyle does with his music. And I think it may be partially because I really like the ending, but it's also partially because I love Danny Boyle's music taste. But the way, so she it reminds me...
2: music taste in movies. One correct. of the
1: best. And so that might be why I like Danny Boyle. I don't know. He might have tricked me. But it it reminds me of Last of the Mohicans. There's a really famous scene in Last of the Mohicans. It's a chase scene towards the end where the music just goes with it and you just get into it. And it, like, it's almost a surreal mu- movie experience. When I was watching the end of this, 20, uh, 28 Days Later, it was this morning. It was like eight o'clock. I was watching the end of it and the music kicked on during the end and I was like, yeah, let's go. And it's just so good. But so yeah. I'm not going to say anything about the last scene. A lot happens, but the music that kicks in during it is awesome.
2: Yeah, Gabe, I think you're exactly right to compare that to Last Mohicans is genius because that's what it does. It's like that last 20 minute sequence where it's building, it's building, it's building. And then it's just like music on full blast and you're just like, whoa, sucked in. And you're like on the edge, of your, you know, you're standing on your feet, just like almost excited or, you know, um, just for what's going to happen. And I was saving my other um, favorite scene because I want to save because it is also that sequence, that end sequence. And I don't want to ruin anything really for the plot because it's so great kind of how the the plot twists, you know, kind of that last third sequence. But I just want to kind of um, say that I really also like kind of what the movie is speaking about once you get to that end sequence, because it really kind of delves into, um, you know, us as as humans, basically, because I think really the point of the film ends up being where, you know, yeah, the whole film you're thinking that these virus zombies are, you know, awful and, and disgusting and they're the uh, you're the reason why um humanity is almost extinct but then by the end of the film you're like wait a minute the bad people are really just us humans not only That's did we create a lot of ours. all three of the
1: movies we're getting right we're talking about well, it.
2: That that is true, but uh, here, let me just go with this guy. <laughs> but I think you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just us. We're the bad. We're the bad guys. And I thought uh, twenty. I think Danny Bull just does such a great job, uh, kind of you know speaking with that because he doesn't do it like in a you know hitting you over the head with it. He's very subtle in how he does that. And and while you're right, Gabe, he, I think that is the point of all three of them. This one does it by far the best of how he kind of molds those themes into that last sequence. Um, so I, I, think, I think you all are, all have great picks there. And, and the last thing I would say, um, with 20 days later is one thing I always like to do with films is kind of like, think, okay, why did they do that? Why did they do a certain thing in a film? You know, with Gabe's, I think your pick is I am legend. We could ask, why did they choose CGI zombies over? Just well, I know zombies? the answer to
1: that, but my question to you about your movie is why did they shoot it in that weird camera? And because I did ask you about that earlier this week, yeah. Why is that? that Where Why is that weird camera in there? Because I couldn't really see good on my TV while the things. And, <laughs> right, and I, t- and I told you, again. I think that might just be your TV. <laughs> that could be my TV, because I couldn't even hear good, so. It could be something. I probably need to buy
2: a new TV. <laughs> right. I think that's it. But what what you're talking about, Gabe, is how Danny Boyle used uh, digital cameras for it. And when you're watching it, and Wes, you probably kind of noticed this too, it, it like really sticks out to you how visually interesting it is. And I got a quote here from um, Danny where he basically said um, the reason he wanted to do it was um, – for the harshness of that digital imagery uh, was more suited to the post-apocalyptic urban landscape and the grittiness of the film, because I think it really kind of puts you into that perspective. It puts you into that post-apocalyptic world, and it gets you sucked into that through not only kind of the thematic um, elements of the story that we're talking about, but also that visual language that Danny Boyle is using. Um, I think it's just some of the best direction. From any horror film I've ever seen, just so visually interesting, like how he's getting so close up to characters. Um, so I'm gonna. That's just one thing I kind of wanted to point out is is how I love how he used that digital photography in the film. Do you guys have any takeaways from that? Well, it it really made the movie. I think. I mean,
0: yeah, I think after watching. I mean, I've seen the movie several times, and I watched it again this week to prepare for this episode. And I was just sitting there thinking, if this wasn't this kind of. And I don't even want to call it grainy, but it just is a little bit of a distorted. It's not the crystal clear right, you know, right. picture that you get. You know, if this was on some kind of, you know, shot, super high definition, Blu-ray, 4K. And I know they didn't have, you know, the 4K and stuff back when this movie w- was out. But my my point is just being if it was just a crystal clear movie, I think it would have taken away from how impactful the movie
1: was. Yeah, I, I thought exactly something was right. wrong with my TV. I, <laughs> I, I I was like, my HD's gone out. I was like, man, <laughs> this movie's on. Gabe called me. was like, what's and my wrong HD's with this movie? out. I'm what's calling the movie people image? like, what's going on? Then I'm calling the sharp people. I'm like, I think my TV's jacked up. And then I went upstairs and it, I was like, this TV's doing it too. Oh, um, man, Gabe, that's great. But uh, um, no, I think that that's really uh, funny. Gabe's first movie. visit
0: after uh, the quarantine, I believe, will be to his local Best Buy to... Yeah
3: I mean, was new, a, a new it TV. Was shot
0: in a different type of film, and I, I can't they, wait till he's talking to the salesman, and, and he was like, "Yeah, I was watching Twenty Eight Days Later, and that movie is just—it just looked terrible. So I just knew I had to get a new TV.
1: Only oh, when I
2: watched Twenty Eight Days Later, nothing else. I don't. Then I mean, when he put that it? movie back in, he's going to be like, "Wait a minute, it looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what? So I think that's all I really want to talk about 20 Days Later because I want the audiences, if they haven't seen it, to check it out because it really is. One of the best horror films I think ever made. Truly one of my favorite horror films. So I'm going to go with a, um, you know, max it out, max it out all the way. 10 out of 10 for 28 Days
1: Later. Whatever oh.
0: nice. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's so for mine, it's by far the best movie we've talked about so far. Not my favorite uh, type genre. So I'm going to go 9 out of 10, but as high as, high as I've given any movie.
0: Well, there, there's two things that I that left that I wanted to say about 28 days later. Uh, there's one more scene that I, I that I thought was so great, and it does give a little bit away, but again, it's towards the middle of the movie, so it's not spoiling too much. But I absolutely love the scene where again uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, his name's Frank, he turns.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, great, great
0: sequence there. The bird uh, sequence at it. Yeah. The the zombie, the blood drips to the eye. That is so good. It's just a great scene. It's probably the best zombie turn scene in any zombie movie. Like it, it's, it's incredible,
2: heartbreaking, really, because you like that character so yeah, much, and you like, love. like you're just like, no, no, and and it's just it's it's really brutal, yeah. and then that that gets into the last third of the film, which is also so great. So yeah, Can yeah, I a pause choice. here
1: for just a second? Isn't it ironic that his name in Harry Potter is Mad-Eye Moody, <laughs> and the way that he gets the virus is a bird pecking at a zombie J- and a blood drop rolling knew. into his eye? <laughs> J.K.
2: Rowling knew that Brendan was going to star in the movie, so she wrote that character specifically for him. That's got to be it, Gabe. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've so learned good. so much
1: about the Harry Potter universe. All right, good. Oh, so, no, so
2: the other thing that I wanted to
0: say is I'm going to make a declaration on this, and I'm going to say that I think that 28 Days Later is the best zombie movie of all time. Yeah, and I think I'm yeah. I'm completely on board with those people who who are gonna you know say it's Dawn of the Dead. You're crazy for not saying it was Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was here first, um, and I'm not going to argue with you too much on it, but. Uh, because that, that's a, that's a great movie, too, and I hope one day we get to discuss that on this podcast. But for me, I'm giving the crown to 28 Days Later. I'm going to come in as well as, as a perfect 10 on this movie. I mean, I just, I don't, everything that the director did, every uh, decision that he made, it, It's just it was just too perfect of a movie. And there's really nothing else, there's no points or anything that I could take away from it. I love this movie. I want you, uh, the audience, if you haven't seen it in a long time or you've never seen it, you've got to see this movie. It is it yeah. is it is just, it is an excellent, excellent film.
2: Right. I, yeah, and, and Wes, I'm going to kind of agree with you there. I think Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are both so influential and great in their own ways, um, both classic films. But personally for me, I, 28 Days Later is definitely my favorite of those.
0: So we're going to close out this podcast tonight with uh, my feature review, and I'm going to feature review 2010's The Crazies.
1: I don't care what the calendar says. Opening day—that's the first day of spring. Sir. Whoa!
2: Whoa! 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 What the hell are you doing, Rory? You lay that gun down.
3: You took the right thing. Would you mind taking a look at Bill? Sure, what's wrong? I don't know. He's just not right.
1: How long has he been playing a statue? A couple hours now. Same look Rory gave me. All things wise
3: and wonderful. We're in trouble.
0: All right, so The Crazies, like I said, it's a 2010 film and it's directed by Breck Eisner is a remake of the 1973 film written and directed by George J. Romero. And as I go through this review, I'm also going to talk a little bit about the original 1973 version as well. So I guess you could kind of call it a feature review for both in one. Um, Romero was actually an executive producer on the on the remake, which I found interesting. But this movie stars Timothy Oliphant and Radha Mitchell. And just a quick side note on her. I get Radam Mitchell confused with Melissa George.
2: Are you guys familiar with her? Yeah, barely. Like, I don't really know either one of the extras that well, to be honest with you. So they're kind of like, she's kind of one of those actors that I feel like that is kind of interchangeable with a lot of different ones. But honestly, I kind of feel that way about the lead actor now that I think about it. They look... Uh, exactly Timothy alike kind of is interchangeable with a lot of other guys too but anyway that's that's another conversation yeah i mean Rada mitchell and melissa
0: george they're both australian they're similar age they I of they were course the look party. similar and melissa george she's the star of 30 days of night and the amityville horror remake and then Radam mitchell is in the crazies and then she was in pitch black so, um, but anyway, that, that's not important to my review. I just, I, I, I thought it was Melissa George when the movie first came on. And as it, it, it progressed, I was like, wait, that's, this is, no, these are different people. But anyway, so the synopsis, and I took the synopsis from Wikipedia. The film focuses on a fictional Iowa town called Ogden Marsh, and basically where the water supply becomes infected by a military virus called Trixie that turns those infected into violent killers. And so the movie was, uh, I'll I'll say, a hit with the critics. It had pretty good reviews, and we always say this, especially for a horror film, uh, which I think that is kind of starting to change because there's a lot of really well-reviewed horror movies that are coming out. But um, anyway, uh, as uh, it was a big hit with the critics, especially for a remake of a horror film too. The remake was actually better received than the original movie. It had a decent budget at 20 million and made 55 million during its initial theatrical run. So, you know, mildly successful film. So, um, just a few talking points about this movie. I'm personally a pretty big fan of it. It's a very strong entry into the infectious disease category. In my opinion, It's one of the best zombie movies of all time. I'd probably personally rank it within my top 10. Um, Have you guys, have y'all seen The Crazies? What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I've I've seen The Crazies. In fact, I saw it with you the first time. And I started rewatching it like this week. And I was like, I've seen this with Wes. (laughs)
3: Let
1: me tell you when I realized that I'd seen it with Wes. There's a very famous scene in the very beginning where they're playing baseball. And this crazy walks into the baseball field, just being obnoxious, like in the middle of a baseball game, and he's got a gun. And short, short version is the main character has to shoot him in the head. Um, right there in the beginning, it's it's absolutely nuts. I remember watching that with you. I want to say we were in college suites, but I don't. I think we were older than that when it came out. Were we in college suites? No, we might have been in college suites in two. When did it come out? No, though? it was it
0: was a little later than that. It, again, it came out in 2010, so it was a little little later than that. But I, I think I, I, I do remember at your watching. House,
1: it. I couldn't remember where I watched it, but I was I started watching. I was like, oh, I've seen this film, uh, but I finished it again. So um, well, the opening
0: the opening of the movie is is actually it's very similar to the 73 original, except for the the newer movie is a is a lot more intense. You know, there's a couple of kids getting ready to go to bed, and the dad has gone crazy. You know, it's not just the title of the movie, where he ultimately burns his own house down with his family inside. But then after this point, the remake and the original, they really kind of go their separate ways. There's very few similarities after this point. But like you said, Gabe, we we find our way to the baseball game, you know, shortly after that, where a lot of the townsfolk are, are present, and like you said... I thought, I, I really enjoyed that scene. I like how the guy just kind of slowly walks up. People slowly start realizing, like, what what is this guy doing? And then they realize he's got a gun. And then, you know, Timothy Olyphant, who plays the sheriff, um, like you said, has to shoot him. And I feel like from that point on, the movie really takes off. You know, the military shows up. It starts quarantining the town and, and, and all that. T-Man, had you seen The
2: Crazies recently? Yeah, I'd, well, I saw it when it first first came out and i thought it was okay like it's one of these films that i see in the theater and i, I enjoy it fine enough but then i never really think about it again and it, and honestly if we had never liked i probably would have never watched it again no like disrespect to it it's fine in my opinion it's okay it's but it's not i guess it's just not one of these films i seek out um it's not my favorite you know zombie movie by by any short you know uh by any means you know i don't even know like i didn't even honestly think of it as a zombie movie that's that's actually interesting uh a conversation like i, I did not even know what i w- was was considering it as um but you know i've re i'm rewatching it right now i'll be honest with you guys i'm only an hour into it uh so i haven't gotten all the way back into it so when we reconvene for our next podcast i'm going to give you that last 40 minute review for sure all over again uh but yeah i mean it's 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 enjoyable to rewatch again but it's not like my favorite i would say
0: well i think the director actually does a really good job with this movie you know he captures some great shots whether it's the overhead view of the plane when it's in the water um he does some great camera work during an intense car wash scene or during the barn hideout scene um but I, i was like so who is this dude i've never even heard of him before and he has a very short filmography for directing. He directed Sahara with Matthew McConaughey. And most recently he did the, the last witch hunter with Vin Diesel. So certainly doesn't have the most prestigious filmography, but I do want to praise the effort here.
2: Well, actually let me jump in here on that real quick list, because if I'm not mistaken, so the director is, what is it? What's his name? Breck Eisner. Breck Eisner. Yes. So if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken on this. So don't, don't kill me if I'm wrong. Um, I think he's directing The Expanse now, which is one of uh, Gabe and I's favorite uh, science fiction shows on TV. And for anybody that likes The Expanse, it's on Amazon now. I believe he does. So I think he's into television now. um, If if He he is. That's what he's doing now. I was just more commenting mostly on the filmography. So which happens, which is actually, and this is a really interesting conversation we could all have someday, is like how a lot of filmmakers who have talent, who maybe don't hit it big, end up going to television and really flourishing because he really is an excellent director on the Expanse. So anyway, yeah, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it's not so much that Sahara and i have not seen the last Witch Hunter that that is they're poorly directed movie. I mean, this guy has some 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 talent. Like I said, I love some of the shots that he sets up uh, in the Crazies, but sometimes you know you get your director role that doesn't necessarily mean that the material that you're going to direct is is all that interesting. Sometimes the director does the best he can with, with the story.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and back you up there because this movie, the original was not that good. And, and I'll tell you, T-Man, this this second movie is good. Like, I'm going to rate it pretty high because he does really good with the source material. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm an hour in, and
2: it's taken me a couple of times to get... Like, I'm not hooked. Like, I'm not, like in it like i might i'm not dying to finish it i'll just put it that way but no i I spread what you guys are saying there i think it's a it's a really fun movie
0: um and i'm really surprised i figured this would be one that you would re-watch again and 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 it would kind of grab you i figured i figured you were team Man that you would actually enjoy this movie a lot um my favorite character i think is Kurt west's feelings is (laughs) played by (laughs) Well, a lot tonight we we went on the Will Smith thing and now we're bashing my feature review. But oh, sorry. Uh, the, my favorite character. I love Russell, and he's played by Joe Anderson, and this character is based on Clank from the original movie, and their characters actually have similar arcs. So that is one similarity that that the remake and the original have together. But uh, he's a fun character and just a guy you kind of want fighting with you, especially. Uh, except for that small portion of the movie, and I, I won't spoil it where he goes a little crazy. But um so what what, what are your guys' uh, favorite scene from the movie? Gabe, you've seen it recently. We'll start with you.
1: All right, so uh, the audience asked for it. I made it for the crazies. I couldn't help myself because I just rewatched it. I made oh, a list Lord. for the crazies. Uh, it's <laughs> nice. a short list. But I'm I'm really excited to give it to you guys, and it l- relays into my favorite scene, Wes. So that's why I'm doing this.
3: <clears throat>
1: Things that really grind my gears. I stuck with tonight's theme, so I kept it across the board. I hate when you get done washing your car and a hel- helicopter blows it up, because you, <laughs> you, you don't even get to, you, get, you don't get to see how good of a job the car. That
2: was. oh man, that's almost you know that's a great point because you know I hate it when I go and take a car like car wash, uh, and then uh, you know you're on the road and like. Whether like a car like is really like uh, blowing a lot of smoke out, or like you get dust up, and you're like really. I just watched my car, so I can't imagine if my car got blew up right after. Yeah, it's like again I mean, with the helicopters. Where uh,
0: what are what is up with the infectious disease? Movie? You have to have a helicopter in there,
2: have I guess, to be It's so, like that's when you know things are serious. The government's there. You got the helicopters.
1: So I'm going to pause here during my list because it is my it is my favorite scene. So the scene is. They're going so they're trying to hide from helicopters because helicopters are trying to exterminate the virus in the town. Um, so they go into the car wash to hide, and then the car wash flips on. Mm. And they know that there's they know that there's uh, zombies or whatever they are in this movie. They're crazy. Cra- they're ah, crazies. crazy. And you can barely see them through the sh of the car wash and the and the grabbing of the like the 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 cloths that go across. And it's a really cool sequence that happens in the car wash. That's by far my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah,
0: there's some really great set pieces like that. And I really enjoyed the car wash scene as well. It's you don't think about a car wash, I guess as a child, you know, if you go through one of the, the automatic ones you know, there's kind of a bunch going on that you would think is scary. But I never as an adult would think about turning a a, a car wash where you're actually going through it in the car into a horror movie. Yeah, horror, but they, they did a really good job with that. man, You know, I know, you you know what else really grinds
1: about- my gears, guys? When you're well, trying to watch a baseball game with your shotgun <laughs> in the outfield and somebody comes up and shoots you in the head. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just trying to watch. Hey, he's this. just
2: a fan. He's just a fan.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to watch what's happening out here. With my shotgun, and somebody comes up and just shoots me in the head. Self protection, you
2: know. He's got the shotgun. He needs it for self protection.
1: (laughs) You know what really grinds my gears when you're when you're just walking around dragging your pitchfork on the ground. Somebody walks around and kills you, or you're dragging (laughs) your machete or your knife on the side of the wall, and somebody just kills you for no reason, just like you're trying to be creepy or something. Oh man, those are good. All good
2: points you got there.
1: Why do people do that? I don't know. Drag my pitchfork on the ground.
2: Oh, man. That's a good list. You got any others?
1: <laughs> uh, that's all. I did a short one for the Craig.
2: Oh, man. That's good.
1: Um I can the car watch one.
2: So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I will finish it, guys. So if I change my mind by next week, I'm going to let you all know. Uh, but so far where I'm at is, like I said, I'm an hour into it. I would say the best sequence so far is what you guys have already said, where the guy comes out in the in the baseball field. Because that is actually a good scene. And I remember that from the trailer also. And as soon as I started watching the movie and that sequence came up, I'm like, ah, I remember this now, this sequence. Uh, I like
1: that scene and the scene from the original movie where the where – the um where the family of the guy is are in the room and he's walking up to the room and they were wondering if he's going to break in the room but <sighs> instead he starts pouring oil on the ground
2: mm-hmm. and he goes that was out
1: drops a match for me.
2: maybe that's why i don't know that was almost too brutal for me i didn't like that scene so that's just me though i was like oh man that's rough
1: yeah
0: so I think my favorite scene in the movie is the po- is the scene of the poster, like where Radha's character has been strapped to a hospital. She's isolated with a bunch of other town folks, and one of the crazies gets in the room with them with a very menacing pitchfork. Um, I think that's probably my favorite scene. It's, it is a little brutal, but it, 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 again, I love those intense scenes that really build the suspense, and uh, and that scene certainly does it. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about with this remake, and then I'll I'll cover just a little bit of the original, but what is up with Timothy Offen's faces in this movie? <laughs> he makes so I just, did see those, yeah. Just, <laughs> he's, it's like he's doing wild eyes with some type of dirt face. I mean, <laughs> and he he's overacting it over and over. way too he much. He's overacting. He, I like yeah. him as an actor, but... Um, his he chose his overacting to be with his facial expressions yeah. in this movie.
2: You know, it's a really good point you, you make there, Wes, because I I started noticing that too. I was like, man, he's really overdoing it here. And I think, um, and this is another longer conversation we could have one day. We got so many. like he's kind of the one of those actors that's like a great TV actor because he's been in a lot of good TV shows, you know, Deadwood, Justified. But when he gets into the big leagues in the movies. He he kinda overdoes it and he's kind of, you know, over he's just not doesn't fit. He he's kind of like wait, I don't belong here. I'm I i do not belong in the big leagues like the real movie stars. I need to go back to TV. And so that's kinda how I view him. Not that he's like an ultimate lightweight, but he fits better in the T V world in my opinion than like as a movie star. Mm. I think he
1: does good in this.
0: Yeah, I, I liked him. I, besides the faces, like I thought he did a pretty Man, good job. I mean, I like,
1: disagree with T Man. This is great.
0: But the face, the faces were cracking me up. I, it would, I would be all into the movie, and then he would make one of those weird faces. Um, wish we had a camera like on us. I, I would do the face. But uh,
1: I, I can tell you when he makes his best faces, like when his partner for a long time starts to kind of like turn into a zombie, and they're in, all in the car together and he just makes faces for no reason. He just starts I'm
2: telling you guys, he's out of his element. He doesn't know what to do. He's not a movie star. So,
1: Back so to the, the TV that's, world. That's the one of the other cool sequences. It's is they're all so there's four people. They wonder if they've all been infected. They're all in a car together and they're all starting to wonder if each one of them's turning. Man, and he just I've starts making of... those faces for no reason. <laughs> all right, <laughs> guys. Like... No, I haven't
2: seen. Now I really want to see the end. Now you guys are selling me. There we go. That's that's what we're trying to do. We got to get you to finish the movie. Plus, I want to keep seeing those faces. Plus, I want to keep uh, talking about how Timothy is not a movie star. So I'm going to well, keep it's on a that. Sil-
1: it's a silent scene, so like nobody's really talking. Everybody's just wondering if they got the virus, and he's just making faces. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you keep you keep going. Do the next one. Do the frowny face.
0: I think he took his um, cue from Robert De Niro and hide and seek to yeah. kind of prepare, prepare for this role, because De Robert, Niro does some of the worst faces imaginable in that in that movie. I don't know what he was thinking. Just well, collecting a paycheck, I guess.
2: I know what he was thinking. That was the point in Robert De Niro's career where he's like, I really just don't give a shit anymore and i'm just gonna <laughs> do whatever three
1: faces in one face robert Monero. he's
2: like i just don't care and real quick guys while i'm on this let's look at timothy oliphant's uh imdb recently justified tv series the grinder tv series santa clara claretta diet tv series Oh, i like that show though he's but he's a tv, he's a TV star he's a tv star i'm telling you guys you're gonna start thinking about it He's like you know what and he's a good tv star you need those tv stars it's like ted danson ted danson tried to become a movie star remember that movie with Whoopi? didn't work went back to tv yeah you're right he's a tv guy hey nothing wrong with that we need our tv stars too anyway you're right west what else were you saying on it on it well, the, the last thing on
0: on the original is there's a cameo by the original star. Her name is Lynn Lowry, and I love when Hollywood does that just to kind of pay tribute, you know, to the original movies. And she just sure. makes a cameo as woman on the bike. But to wrap this up, I just just briefly. She the wanted...
1: woman singing on the bike in downtown when she's driving around. Yes,
0: ah,
2: I remember that. Yeah, and I, I like that's that. That's kind she's of a, a star. She's woman. a star of the original movie. It's good to pay well, homage to those original actors because fans fans respect that so i, yeah. I like that too so just to, to wrap this up i wanted
0: to just briefly mention a little bit about uh the remit uh, i'm sorry uh, the original 1973 version um the movie is is titled code name trixie and i believe the crazies is an alternate title because whenever the movie comes on that's the title that gives you code name trixie and that's the name of course of the virus and the original film, it really focuses a lot on the military and their operations. And you find out very early in, in the movie what's going on with the virus and the military's plan. Uh, and they spend much more time talking about the virus itself than what the remake does. And overall, I, I was just kind of meh about the original movie. And that's that's really unlike me. I generally prefer the older films, especially originals. But this one just didn't. It just didn't do it for me very much. Uh, it's very 70s, and the 70s is one of the best movies, uh, one of the best decades, if not the best decade for a movie. But the movie actually feels older than that. It has very choppy editing, which was distracting, and I felt most of the performances was very flat. So if you look back at 1973, The Exorcist, The Wicker Man, and Don't Look Now all came out in 1973, and when you watch the original Crazies, though it's an okay film, it just doesn't compare to the top horror films uh, that were coming out at no. that time. It gets blown away. Right. Yeah. It, it really does. And and whereas the 2010 Crazies remake, I felt like it was one of the top horror films of that year uh, and compares well with movies like Let Me In, Shutter Island, Black Swan, The Reef, you know, Paranormal Activity 2, those I, it's not. I, I wouldn't call it better than some of those movies, but I think it compares well. Um, and I'll I'll actually go on to call The Crazies the top pure horror film of 2010, where some of those other ones are more horror adjacent. And I'm going to go ahead and give this movie an eight out of ten. Um, I really enjoy it. I actually own it, and upon my most recent watch, I was like, this This is why you bought it back when it came out. It's 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 a really solid movie. Uh, t-man i'm sure you'll be saving your rating
2: for whenever you <laughs> again. Well, i'm gonna go i'm gonna do my prelim rating right now because i have technically seen it i uh, just couldn't remember a whole lot about it um right now I'm, I'm at a six out of ten it could go higher it could go lower uh we'll see when i finish it
1: okay i'm i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten it's better than i thought it was was the first time that i watched it um
2: and and Gabe, this isn't really even your type of film, but you like it, which speaks well. No, to No, and I'm
1: going to pay West back for this. So we've started out our podcast with the absolute opposite of the type of film I will like. So you're going to be watching Star Wars. Get ready for it, buddy. Um, <laughs> oh, that is
2: true. None of these. This is these are not Gabe's genres at I've all. So that all is true. The
1: crazies. I watched all these movies. All these horrific movies that just got just me. Wait up till
2: at, our Will Smith uh, marathon. That, that'll yeah. get Wes back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get him back. I don't really care, but I've watched all these horrific movies, and but I give it, it was good. It's a seven out of 10.
0: All right. Well, before we, before we completely wrap the episode up, th- there is one thing that just occurred to me and we did not talk 28 weeks later at all. And I think the listeners are going to be like, what is up with that? So, just within five minutes, does anybody want to say anything about twenty eight weeks later before we we truly close the podcast? Uh,
2: I will. I would say I didn't bring it up in twenty days later because um, I don't like. I think twenty days later blows 28 weeks later out of the water but I think it is a good sequel it's a good film and I, I have one point to make about 28 weeks later is that it does have an awesome opening sequence Dang it's it. really good um, <laughs> it's a really good opening sequence but then it kind of never matches that level in my opinion like it's never as good as that opening sequence and with me in films is like if it starts out great then okay that's awesome hoping to keep going that way but when it starts it's so such a high level and then it drops considerably it never reaches gets close to that level i always kind of end up disappointed because you kind of you can't leave the theater on a high it never reaches that original level so
1: um while it's a good film um it's not something that i I rewatch all the time by any means i think danny boyle knew that and that's why he played his music in the beginning he was like this opening sequence is awesome but it's the best opening sequence of you knew I was going to say this, T-Man. It's the best opening sequence of any horror movie. It's fantastic. I love it. Was, it. It. it was my point. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't saved that point for years. Anyway. They're running uh, to the boats. The music starts <laughs> blaring. The people are breaking into the house. It's so good.
2: But It does have a good cast. I will call out the cast. Uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, Idris Elba, really good cast. Uh, before they kind of became stars. Uh, mm-hmm, so excellent mm-hmm. cast, good director. Uh, that director uh, has done some really good films. I can't think off the top of my head, What else has he done? Uh, but it is a really well-made movie, and I wish they would make another another one, uh, like a I 28 months later or something. Well,
0: I'm, I'm a Jean Poots, who is actually becoming more of a star in her own right. She was in this, uh, I think she was like 17 or 18 years old whenever she starred in 28 yep. weeks. But she was recently talking about it and how she wants them to do I guess months is next, like a twenty-eight months later, yeah. and we're already kind of past that. Of course, in the in the timeline and like her character's age, I don't know how they would do that exactly, but I would love for them to do a new film. But I, I actually watched Twenty Eight Weeks last night. It's the first time I've seen it in probably four or five years. And again, like you guys have already said, it the opening scene is strong. Um, I really enjoyed most all of the movie. I think it is. It's a very strong entry into the the zombie franchise I uh, definitely encourage you guys to check it out it is not 28 days later it's it's nowhere near that but right. there there's a lot of interesting things here i love how there's not too many movies that get to the point where they're actually rebuilding society after the po- post apocalypse they're they are there's a bunch of movies that show them kind of like trying to do it or are, are wanting to get there. But here they almost have it completely done, but and the spoiler doesn't work out. It doesn't work out of course <laughs> as it um, never does. <laughs> but I found that interesting that they, you know, they it's starting to work. It's been, you know, six months or what or six, seven months later and things are getting back to normal. There's pretty much no, a case of people that they know of that have the rage virus all that's really interesting and it's really interesting how um, How it comes back
1: the- I'd like to do a real quick warning to our movie viewers if you're a, a pop-out Scared person like me the end sequence is all shot with night vision goggles Where they're walking through zombie infested area and they just pop out randomly That's when you're gonna want to take your hat put it slightly over your eyes, look a little <laughs> bit towards the floor, because there's going to be some stuff that's going to jump out at you. I'm just going to help you guys out. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Lots of buddy pop outs there. In other Lots words. of buddy pop outs in that sequence. Um, another thing is like through, through what we're going through right now, um, the actual album from Bob Marley and I am legend is called legend. If you guys want to check that out, that's been helping me get through this Um quarantine because it if you don't like reggae reggae i mean legend from bob marley is just fantastic it puts you in a good mood three little birds all the songs on there really check that out it'll help you get through this trying time one of the best albums ever probably
0: well the last thing i wanted to say on on 28 weeks and then we'll get y'all's ratings real quick but i don't like movies that really and truly like punish a certain character unnecessarily over and over like I don't I don't like that choice and they do that in this movie and the very beginning scene you're talking about Robert Carlisle's the the, is a husband and he's scared to death and he runs away and he leaves his wife who he thinks is going to be eaten by zombies um or infected and come to find out She actually survives, and then later in that, just a little bit later, she's she. They find her. She is infected with the virus, but she is not one of them. She's just. You find out she is a carrier, and then when Robert Carlyle's character sneaks in to see her he gets turned into one and this all happens within like the first 20 minutes of the movie and then there's a brutal death scene where he kills her and i just i really didn't like that i really didn't like how awful they were to this this mother character and i just felt like it was unnecessary like how how violent her death was and i just don't remember a lot of that going on in in 28 uh weeks later i'm sorry 28 days later i I don't understand what the, the fingers into the eyeballs thing is um, that they do over and over in this movie. So that took me a little bit out of it. And you guys may think I'm crazy for saying that, but I just, it's almost like an uncomfortable feeling. It's like, I don't understand why this like loving motherly character is being just well,
1: brutalized. Well, I think the fingers like in the eyes is a homage to the 28 Days Later, because that's, I don't want to ruin anything, but that happens in twenty eight days later. That's like one of the most yeah.
2: That's what it is. They're they're going for that homage effect of it. They just kind of do it over
0: and over, and I I don't know. I just thought it was a little little overplay. Wes,
2: what would you what
0: would you give the rating? Oh, I think give our ratings then. I I think I'll come in at about a seven point five on this, and would have come in a little bit higher again if the 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 if the movie could have maintained the beginning, it, we could be well on our way for another nine or 10 movie, but I'll come in at a 7.5 and say, check this one out, but it, it's not 28
1: days later.
2: Yeah. And I'm
1: going seven out of 10 straight up. I'm going 7.5 out of 10, a little bit higher than the crazies, a little bit lower than I'm legend, but the opening sequence, I'm giving a 10 out of 10.
0: Well, guys, I think that's it. I, I think we've covered everything in in, in depth and uh, we'll wrap up here. So, uh, we're of course trying to grow our podcast and make it a success, and we encourage you to s- subscribe to our show, which can now be found on most major podcast directories. If you like what you hear, it'd also be super cool if you'd leave us a five-star rating and a review. And seriously, we'd love to catch up with you, the listener, and, and talk about uh, talk to you about movies. And so, where you can find us is on Twitter at Real Talk Moviecast, and that's at Real underscore cast so uh the last thing we want to say is just um tune in next week for the conclusion of our infectious disease trilogy as we talk about science fiction virus movies all right
2: see y'all next week see you next week